ourselves in the mirror, or at least through the eyes of others, on our path to happiness and self-acceptance on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. Welcome once again to the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Thrilled that you are making us a part of your day wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. We are excited to be back for another season of the podcast, and today we are releasing two podcasts. And this one uh, deals with our guest on the radio show this past week. We want to remind you about the radio show. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can listen to us on 98.7 K-Love Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock Central Time. If you live anywhere else in the world, you can also listen Listen to us Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock Central Time. All you got to do is go to radio.com and search out KLUV. That's 98.7 in Dallas. And you can listen to it on the World Wide Web, which hasn't been called the World Wide Web in probably 15 years. Just showing how with the times I am. We are really excited about our guest today, Dr. Tasha Yurik, who's an organizational psychologist, researcher, and New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Bankable Leadership is her book, that's right. With a PhD in organizational psychology, she's also the founder of the Yurik Group, where she's helped thousands of leaders and teams improve their effectiveness through greater self-awareness. Well, Dr. Yurik, we are so excited to have you uh, on the program talking about something that I think is probably more important than ever as we enter into this brave new world and brave climate that we live in now, self-awareness. Uh, you talked about uh, self-awareness uh, multiple times. What is it that piques your interest in this particular attribute of uh, people? So as an organizational psychologist for the last 15 or so years, I am constantly amazed at how even the most sort of successful um, people in their careers or even in life can be so clueless about who they are and how they come across. And that's not to say that everyone is like that, but I think, um, and we'll talk about this, there are so many roadblocks and obstacles to really knowing ourselves on an objective level. And so what I set out to do about three years ago was to deeply explore from a scientific perspective, what is this thing called self-awareness? Why do we want to have it? And what can we do to get more of it? And what was so fascinating about that process is so many of the things that we think improve self-awareness, I found, do more harm than good. So hmm. there's, there's a lot to it. It's a really complex and rich subject and just so passionate about it. I mean, one of the criticisms of a lot of people these days, and maybe it's a, a narcissism thing, maybe it's just a, a, the world of social media, that people are, that, well, that person is just so not self-aware. They don't have any idea what they're doing. What exactly is the definition of self-awareness, and why do people find it so important? 
fabulous question to start with because I think we all use that term and even scientists have different ways of, of defining it. So my research team and I actually took almost a year reviewing nearly a thousand studies to even figure out what is this thing called self-awareness. And what we found was it's basically made up of two types of knowledge about ourselves. There's something called internal self-awareness, which is what most people think of when they think of that, that word is, is sort of an inward understanding of who we are, what we value, our personalities, our passions. But equally importantly is something called external self-awareness, which essentially is knowing how other people see us. Mm. And in my opinion, the fascinating part about those two pieces or two sides of the coin is that they're not related. So people can be high on both, low on both. They can be high on one and low on the other. And if you think about the people you know, um, sometimes it makes sense. You know, everyone has that friend who spends $10,000 a year on therapy or meditation retreats and feels like he knows his inner self, and yet his friends see him as cheap or oblivious or insensitive, and he has no idea. Yeah. And so I think that's where the richness starts to come in is when you look at those two sides of the coin. I think a lot of people, you know, they just don't understand me. They don't get me. They, You know, right. I know who I am. But perception is everything. I mean, why why do you think it is that people just don't grasp that aspect of things? You know, there's something sort of fundamentally American about that point of view. And there are so many things that are wonderful about it. You know, chase your dreams. Don't listen to what other people say. But the other side of that is is just a scientific fact that if you want to exist in the world, if you want to get promoted at work and have strong relationships, if you want to be happy at home and have, you know, again, even deeper, more fulfilling relationships, you have to know how you're coming across to other people. And so by no means am I saying that self-awareness is about just trying to be what other people want you to be, because that's definitely not not correct. But I think so many people just lose sight of the fact that you've got to balance those two types of information. And that's really where there's there's a little bit of art and a little bit of science to it. We're talking with uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik. She's got a book coming out called Insight and uh, talking about self-awareness and all of those things. You know, one thing it, this all reminds me of is the people, I guess, who show up on Facebook sometimes and they're like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a jerk. I tell it like it is. That's who I am. Uh, <laughs> is that, that that strikes me as something that would be unhealthy or is it somehow healthy? Are they are they actually more self-aware? There is a type of uh, unaware person that falls in that category that I call aware don't care. Okay. Usually what that means, right, is it's like when a little self-insight isn't quite enough where they know, you know, hey, guess what? I am a jerk. But the thing that they're somewhat delusional about is that it helps them get what they want. And sometimes people like that, you know, you think about a Steve Jobs as an example. They're successful in spite of that behavior. And, you know, most of us, he was a, a once in a and a generation talent and mind, right? So sure. he was able to, to get by with that. But for so many of us, these things can hold us back. So if somebody says, yeah, I'm a jerk, but I, I get what I want, what I would ask them is how much more happy and successful could you be if you started to maybe experiment with another less jerky approach? Yeah, it's it's like they focus on this character trait of the person, which is weird to me, right? Like you mentioned Steve Jobs. 
yeah, he was kind of a, a jerk and he was weird and didn't shower and only ate fruit or whatever all these things were. That's not what made him successful. It was right. Exactly. <laughs> it was in it was having the idea for the iPod, you know, <laughs> which none of us. Yeah. Like you said, once in a generation talent, not being off center by a lot. One thing you also mention is that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but it's actually more like 10 to 15% of people are self-aware. Why are we less self-aware than we think we are? Oh, there are so many forces, but let me try to distill it down to three. Okay. So the first is we as humans, the way we're built, we have blind spots. If we just imagine if we could if we could experience and track every single feeling or thought or behavior that we were having at one particular time, we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, right? So there is yeah. some kind of design to that, but what happens is we we can we can be too blind to those things. Um, the second thing, the second reason is we're just inclined as humans to tend to view ourselves with rose-colored glasses. And the analogy there I use is it's like refined sugar. If you, you know, it's, it feels like a really good idea to eat an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids, but <laughs> after you're done with it, it's not so good for you in the long run. And, and it's the same way with rose-colored glasses is if I want to think I'm, I'm awesome in every single way, I'm going to feel great, but I'm going to have certain limitations that, that sort of prevent me from being successful. And then the third reason is a whopper, um, which is something I call the cult of self. And just uh, not just the American society, but, but almost every country in the world is being gripped by this idea that, you know, we don't have to be self-aware. We can just be really self-absorbed instead. And we sort of mm. um, substitute one for the other, and, and they're really not the same thing. And you look at social media, you look at the, the um, sham that is the self-esteem movement, and it, it makes sense why these forces are at play. But for someone to, to resist them, it really takes a lot of conscious effort. So it, it kind of in summary, most of us mean well, but there are just these forces that we don't always see that really get in our way. I wonder how much of it has to do with the proliferation of uh, entertainment mediums. And where I'm going with this is, we watch all these movies and television shows with a defined hero, and this is the person whose story we're following. But in our lives, the only person's story we're following that close is our own. So we see ourselves as the protagonist of our own story all the time. Do you think that plays a role in people not being aware that the universe doesn't necessarily revolve around them? You know, I, I read one of the most poignant and, and brilliant examples of human behavior I think I've ever read recently. It was a former CIA agent who said, you know, one of the things I've learned in counterterrorism, all the work I've been doing, is that everyone thinks they're the good guy. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. You know, we, we sort of feel like because we know ourselves and we know our intentions that that we can do no wrong or that, you know, everything is always on our side. And I think just having that realization that every single person is living their lives with that same viewpoint, it you know, it, it sort of makes you feel small, but it helps us get a little bit more perspective. So I, I think you're you're absolutely onto something with that. There's so many people, too, these days, and, and maybe we're even a little bit guilty of it here on, on this program, but we're always trying to do all these things that are going to help us, you know, achieve happiness, which is, uh, I don't know that you can achieve it. It's just kind of something that, that, that happens when you put these things into practice. You're doing all these things, but those don't necessarily make you self-aware. Why, why do you think that is? Well, and I think that's a, that's a good point is, 
self-awareness in some total does make us happy, but there are some hurdles that we have to clear and there are some courageous moments that we have to face. And it's not necessarily, you know, self-awareness isn't a process of, of learning to loathe ourselves or just sort of pick apart our personality or our, our being, but it is about getting a clearer, more objective picture. Um, however, we can also decide to love ourselves no matter what that picture is and not in a delusional way that, you know, I'm a complete jerk and that's okay. Like right. About, but to say, I, I am flawed. I am human. I, I've learned about strengths that I never knew I had, but I've also learned that I have some weaknesses that I didn't see. The good news is I get to decide what I do about it, but I'm not going to make that an indictment of who I am or, or the value that I bring to the world. So I think we can sort of, you know, go on our merry way and eat those sugar or carbohydrates that make <laughs> us feel good in the moment and just have those rose-colored glasses. Or we can make a commitment to be what I call braver but wiser, hmm. which is to see ourselves clearly. And in doing that, that's when we get on a path of just um, real true happiness and self-acceptance. And that's something we talk about a lot here is is and it's where mindfulness comes in for right. me most often is that the negativity exists. It's part of the human experience. We're all going to feel it. And pushing it aside is not it's not helpful because you can't learn from it in any way. And I would imagine that the same uh, the same thought process applies to maybe the some of the uh, negative traits that you might find in your own personality. Pushing them away and ignoring them is not good because then you can't work on them. Is that is is that something you find to be true? Definitely. And and here's what's interesting. In, in the research that I did of, of um, highly self-aware people, and as well as people who made dramatic transformations, who went from you know not self-aware at all to very self-aware, is that they were able to kind of have that perspective, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and at the end of the day they they didn't they didn't judge themselves right but they had that that sort of commitment to understanding who they were and seeing themselves clearly and and sometimes the universe tells us things the universe might say hey um even though you didn't ask for it here's some feedback that you need to listen to and it's yeah. easy for us to to step aside or to to not want to listen or hear that but it's it's really that bravery and that courage that makes us kind of go down that path we're talking with Dr. Tasha Yurik, author of the book Insight. She is a New York Times bestselling author of Bankable Leadership as well, an organizational uh, psychologist. Uh, you mentioned these these other people that you found, and one thing that we like to do here is give examples, because we can sit here and talk about the science of it all the time, and people go, okay, right. that's nice. How is it practical? What, what are some of the people or, or some of the stories of people that, that made this, this journey or made this, this mind switch, I guess, uh, to being self-aware that, that maybe people can look at and say, oh, that, that could apply to me? So there, there's so many examples, it's, it's sort of hard to pick just one, but let, let me give you one. Okay. So the, there was an executive that I coached a while back, uh, who, whom I call Steve in the book, and he was, up until th that point in his career, he had been so successful. He was promoted again and again and kind of seen as the, the golden child of his company. And when I met him, he was leading one of the company's, um, probably the, the most important division in the company, and, but the CEO was seeing some, some pretty big problems cropping up. And specifically, he was driving people away. He had, his employees were just quitting, you know, one after another after another. 
and they were also not meeting their business goals. And mm. part of what I'm hired to do a lot of the time is to tell very powerful, very senior level people the truth when um, everyone else around them either doesn't know how or they're frankly afraid to. Yeah. So I, I was able to come in and usually what I do when I'm coaching someone is I, I talk to the people they work with. So I talk to Steve's direct reports and I learned that um, to put it very mildly, he was a total and complete jerk. When I talked to Steve, I heard him, you know, sort of wax about just what a what a phenomenal leader he was and how his people would follow him to the ends of the earth and he didn't understand why they kept leaving. And so I was able to we were able to work together over the period of, of many months, but it really started with a conversation where I had to kind of um, hit him between the eyes. I think I said something to the effect of Steve, there's no other way to explain this to you other than to say that your team hates you. And he was floored. He had no idea that this was happening. And I think mm. that's a good example of, you know, the, the not so self-aware people we come across. Most of the time, they're just trying to do the best they can. And they don't know that what they're doing is, is limiting them and, and sort of hurting the people around them. But what was so cool about Steve is, you know, he had a, a pretty understandable reaction to hearing that. But we started to work um, one by one by one on all of the behaviors that he needed to tweak or to change or experiment with a different approach, you know, things like coaching or something as simple as not yelling at his team in meetings. I know that sounds crazy, huh. but he, he couldn't see that he was doing that. And, and what was really amazing and gratifying, and he did all this work, was um, he was able to basically turn around the way he was showing up. He was able to um, keep his employees. He was able to engage them to earn their respect. And it didn't happen overnight, um, but he worked so hard and was able not just to do that, but to get his business um, back on track, his, his, his division that he was leading. And what I always say to people is, I mean, gosh, if Steve can do that, what are what are the rest of us capable of? You know, yeah. mo most people most people don't start off quite as uh, problematic or with such a low self awareness as Steve did. And so for us, it's just a matter of getting that information. You know, getting clearer about how we see ourselves, understanding how other people see us, and figuring out what we want to do about it. And by the way, we don't always have to change, but we do have to know what the reality is as as other people see it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we've, I mean, you hear this phrase all the time, perception is everything. So right. if you, if you think you're leading them well, but they think you're a jerk, then, then you know, you're a jerk. Like that's, that's the reaction uh, you're going to get from people. And I do like that you said that it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like there's so many of these things. And, and I worry that as people listen to this program or they read things about self-improvement, um, that they think, okay, if I, I'll go out and I'll do this tomorrow and it's going to be perfect and, and great. Now, these are things that you have to practice like any skill, right? Like it's, it took Steve, as you mentioned, I'd imagine a, a minimum of a few weeks before these things started to, to show up and, and be fruitful for him. You're absolutely right. And I, what I learned in studying these highly self-aware people is they, they weren't depending on these kind of lightning bolts of insight to just hit them that change everything. Instead, what they did is they, they basically w wake up every day and they say, how can I see myself more clearly today? And so instead of, I actually see that as really freeing for the rest of us. We don't have to do these, you know, remarkable 180s. 
But if we wake up every day and we say, how can I see myself a little more clearly? You know, what went well? What didn't go so well? Who can I get feedback from? That in some total, you know, if you think about a week or a month or a year, just like in Steve's case, that adds up to transformational levels of, of self-awareness and self-improvement. So I think for all of us, we need to take the pressure off of ourselves and just say, how can I show up every day in a way that I'm going to get, you know, maybe 1% closer every week? And it makes yeah. a big difference. It's incremental. It uh, reminds me now of the uh, hit classic, uh, What About Bob? <laughs> With the, I love that movie. His baby, baby steps. steps. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Bill Murray was going to have a, an impact on our program here today? Uh, Amazing. The man Amazing is, body of work. The man's right. everywhere. Uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik, a, a best-selling author, and the new book is uh, Insight, uh, Why We're Not As Self-Aware As We Think and How Seeing Ourselves Clearly Helps Us Succeed at Work in Life. All right. Our listeners have been listening to us now for about uh, close to 20 minutes, and they're thinking, you know, I should probably figure out exactly how self-aware I am, and I should start on this journey. You've got a tool or at least one tool uh, that, that maybe people can start with in, in a quiz form, correct? We do. As part of the book launch, we developed a, it's a 14 question quiz. So it's not going to tell you everything, but it hopefully will tell you something valuable where you can fill it out and then you actually send it to someone who knows you well. And in doing that, you can get just a quick and dirty view of your self-awareness as you see it and your self-awareness as someone else who knows you well see it. And in the report, you get a couple of suggestions based on your results on how you can make, you know, some pretty significant improvements by, by starting small. Hmm. Okay. And it won't tell you what Disney princess you are. This is not one of those quizzes. This is just a, a valuable tool in helping you uh, become exactly. more, uh, help you, help you become more self-aware. Well, Dr. Yurk, we are very excited to have had the opportunity to talk with you. Folks can uh, find the book at various places, including insight-book.com. And I'm sure wherever uh, fine books are sold, correct? Correct. And they can get the quiz at insight-quiz.com. Well, hopefully a lot of folks take that. Maybe we can't assume that 95% of people will actually become self-aware, but we can certainly raise the number up from 10 to 15%, I would think. I would hope, right? That's my vision. We want to make the world more self-aware. Ba baby steps at a time, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dr. Yerk. We'll look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thanks so much. And if you'd like a free sketch note of this episode, you can take the self-awareness quiz as well. Go to livehappynow.com. We encourage you to download more episodes of this podcast. In fact, we've got an episode coming up that will deal with previewing the latest issue of Live Happy Magazine, which is available on newsstands now. It's got Anna Ferris on the covers. She continues to make news this week. You can also get the digital edition by going to the Apple or the Google Play Store. And while you're roaming around online, please let us know what you thought of this episode. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or you can send us an email at podcast at LiveHappy.com. That's it for us here at the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy.